Well, it is episode 19 here of the Cherokee Rewind. I am Mick. We thank you so much for tuning in. And, of course, uh, we do this. We drop each and every Wednesday and Saturday. And, well, 19. Hmm. I had to get somebody very interesting, and I'm sure if he's anything like he used to be, he's going to have some interesting stories to tell because he, he was quite a character back in his days in Toledo. And, of course, he hails from the Windy City. And, of course, uh, if I remember, uh, by the way, it's Pete Darless. Pete, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm, you know, for an old old fart, I'm doing okay. Uh, hey, you know, I, I'm trying to, we, I always do this with every, every person that I talk to, uh, if I can. I always take a guess and try to remember what jersey number you wore. And if I'm trying to remember, if I remember correctly, did you, you wore 23? Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Wow. Oh, man. I was trying to remember. Oh, yeah. Of course, you got a big Cubs fan, huh? No, not a Cubs fan at all. I'm a Sox fan, but uh, I always liked Ryan Sandberg. Oh, you always dug Rhino, huh? Okay. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Um, I, uh, I, I actually am a Cubs fan. Uh, I always pick more than one team because I'm a diehard Detroit Tigers fan, and they are so awful all the time that I had to pick another team to try and have at least have some semblance of hope. So I picked the, the, the Cubs back a long time ago. But uh, anyway, uh, so it was either them or the Montreal Expos. I, I'm old. I go back a ways. So, so but uh, anyhow, let's get started here talking. Uh, we're going to cover all the bases, talking about your time in Toledo. But I want to first talk about, uh, you know, before you came to Toledo. Uh, being in Chicago, of course, that's a hockey hotbed as well. How, what what got you on skates? What was it about the game that you loved, and what drew you to wanting to play? Well, my uh, my uncle and my father were season ticket holders for the Blackhawks. Um, neither one of them played hockey, and it took uh, me and my brother skating at five, and uh, that was the end of it. We started skating, and you know, we played. I was five. I think he was four. And or he might have been three, and played all the way through up and go, you know. As long as I still, I still skate now. It's just, it just, well, we played both, played baseball and hockey, and you know, hockey was always our favorite. And I stuck with it all the way through. He, he quit in high school, and, you know. We're just a hockey family. My parents always loved watching the Blackhawks. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about that. You know, I mean, out there, that is. You know that is the team. I mean, there's and the thing is, it tra- it goes beyond just Chicago. I mean, it goes through. It permeates most of the entire state, but not only that state, but a good chunk of Indiana, a good chunk of Wisconsin, and a good chunk of Iowa. So oh, yeah, yeah, it goes all the way through. We don't have any NHL teams around us besides them. Yeah, that's true. Now, I uh, so you start. When did you start playing organized hockey? I was five. I started playing with an organization in St. Jude on the southwest side of the city. Wow. So what was that? Uh, what do you remember about that? Was there anything of note? I mean, do, were you always a defenseman, or did you start playing forward first? No, I was a forward. And, um, I, remember, I still remember my first hockey coach's name was uh, Bob Arturo. He's actually the head of uh, – he runs a rink for Robert Morris um, College, the Colonials. All these. Um, he, um, I remember him – it was basically awesome. We went in and made everything fun for us. And, uh, 
you know, I, I was a forward up until I eighth grade. I, and I, my high school coach converted me to defense. Oh my! So what? What did he see something in you as far as your ability to play defense, or he didn't think he would have much of a goal scorer on his hands uh, being up front? <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. I, you know, I, I was pretty successful as a forward. I, I went in as a freshman, and um, he he cornered me and asked me, "Would you play defense?" I ended up playing defense at varsity as a freshman, which is uh, in a Catholic league in the Chicago area. That's a pretty tall feat, and uh, I. So I stuck with it. I played deep for him, and uh, actually on my club team, I actually my coach pushed me back to defense as well. Oh wow! Okay, so when uh, so when you started playing D, uh, did you did you take to it pretty well? Did you enjoy it, or did was it kind of a, did it take an adjustment? Oh, I, from what I remember, I, um, I it was a hard time trying to play. Uh, you know, at that time, there's no such thing as really an offensive defenseman. They, they, most guys were staying at home, and you know, me playing forward, I always wanted to jump into the play. And it, he, he had to pull the reins back. Oh, I remember that time that I, you know, it's, a, it's not like now where it was a super fast-paced D game or the D controls it. it the D stay at home, and they, you know, they protect the net and everything. So it was a little bit of a change for me. Oh, okay. So then, uh, then you make the jump on D. And then you start playing high school. What in the world did uh, you do after after that to get you into a Cherokee uniform? That's a long story. So I uh, I got time. My, uh, <laughs> my junior year in high school, uh, there's a team in the North American League, the Mall, the Chicago Freeze at the time. They they came from Detroit actually, or the Detroit Freeze. Yep. Their uh, first year in Chicago, um, Gee Peron, their head coach, invited me to a tryout. I ended up going through the whole tryout, went to the main camp. Uh, I think I was 17 at that time. And uh, in the main camp, I came out, I was caught, and uh, Scott Searing was, uh, was one of the guys sitting there, talked to me, talked to me for about 20 minutes about coming to Toledo. And I, I you know, I blew it off. And I honestly really didn't know what junior hockey was at that time. I, my mother was a no college volleyball player. They thought high school hockey, college, and then all the junior process. You know, I kind of knew it, but I was young, so I didn't figure, I didn't figure that out. So uh, Scott talked to me, and every year after that, either Scott or Kurt Lugwood would call me up and say, hey, you want to come out and try out? Want to come out and try out? And um, I ended up in Bismarck, North Dakota, playing uh, for the Bismarck Bobcats. Mm-hmm. And I, I went out there, and um, I... I signed with them as a junior. My parents wouldn't let me go out there as a junior. Um, I went out there after my senior year in high school. And uh, when I went out there, I uh, skated for them for a while. And uh, they uh, actually sent me to New York. <laughs> and from New York, uh, it was a really sketchy situation. I went to New York. I really wasn't happy in New York. I wanted to be in Bismarck. That's who, who, who took me. And uh, so in, in the league, I was in the elements of the team I was playing for out there. I, I had no bad blood or nothing on. But I was playing out there, and it was like independent um, junior hockey league, I guess, um, the Empire League or whatever. I think that's what it was called. And I uh, wasn't happy out there. <laughs> I was driving home before like, everybody had cell phones, and I stopped at a gas station to call my mom and saw an exit for Toledo. I said, hey, can you call that, that Ludwig guy up that keeps calling me or, you know, Scott? And so... She called him up and uh, 
came home, I stayed in the hotel at night, and they were on the road for a weekend, and actually Todd Omi was the head coach at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I stayed in the hotel, they got back in, and uh, went in and introduced myself to Todd and everything, and the right, my rights were still up in there, and uh, <laughs> still remember this, and uh, it came in, I have long, long hippie hair, I don't know if you remember that, I have really long hair. When I yes, I myself. remember. <laughs> That was a heck of a pair of skates. funny now uh when you i mean what did you expect when you came to toledo what i mean after being you know let go by bismarck going to new york and you know basically going through the ringer uh i mean what did you do as far as uh what were your expectations when you came to toledo and what did you find find for yourself well i really didn't know so i you know you got stigma playing junior b you're like, ah, I'm not a junior B hockey player, and I, I could pick up somewhere else. And, and then I it, instantly, when I got in there, um, so Coach uh, Omi put me up with his, uh, his parent, and uh, his father is an electrician. And I, it's in, in my off time, where, when I was home, I was a permit worker for the electrician union, so I'd be a wire puller, basically. So instantly, sat at the dinner table talking with Dad, and, like, for couple hours and then like instantly I felt like I was at home like this is a hard working town kind of like Chicago and mm-hmm. like you guys embraced me it was awesome like everybody around was so like so cool so nice and, and, and it kind of like went back to like every time I talked to uh, Kurt Lovely every time he'd call like you're always welcome to come just say just you know you're always welcome down there just you know come give us a shot that's all he kept saying every time and you know and I finally did it and I'm like wow this is this is nice. This isn't like, you know, going from Bismarck was kind of like, I don't know, the links on a golf course, kind of desolate, kind of weird. And then going to New York in a big city, you know, where it's just like totally not like, I'm a city kid and I was just way like, it was, it was a little too large for me. And um, when coming to Toledo, it just felt like home was really cool. And, you know, everybody was super, super nice when I got here. So you get you get in there and uh, your first game in a Cherokee uniform. Do you remember anything about it? Oh yeah. Uh, so like I had a reputation of fight being a fighter, like going in. Like, no. right away. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Don't know either. <laughs> hmm. So I when I came in, we. I, I want to say he played Columbus. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. 
and uh, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Columbus. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I look at Coach Omi Todd. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, do I got the green light? He's like, if you win, you do. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know. <laughs> so like, I, I it was really on, and I. I I got in the, the scrap. The guy tied me up pretty good. I maybe landed three or four punches, but, you know, he didn't land any. And then that was the first game. And after that, it was just like, I, I felt at home there. I, like, it was it was more of like uh, like joking around with, like, friends, like, with the, even with the coaching staff, whether it was Lottie or Witten or, you know, Coach Omi, like, hey, can I do this? Yeah, sure, go ahead, go have it. And they had some fun. And, it was, you know, it was, they were, like, super strict, but it was – it was still like open for me. It was like it was different than what I was used to in other locations. Wow. So you know, uh, now here's the other question I like to ask all the time: Do you remember your first goal in a Cherokee uniform? <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I, my second year when I came down from Ontario when I was in Durham, mm-hmm. I remember that goal, though, that first goal that year. I don't remember my first goal. <laughs> so I don't even school that year. I know I did. But I, I honestly don't. The first year I don't. The second year uh, I came down at, and uh, from Durham, we, we were actually in Chicago. I, it, was, it was a weird situation where I uh, Durham let me go in Ontario. Uh, and uh, we came down, we played the Chicago Rush or Chicago Crush or wherever there was. I think there was Rush or something like that. And uh, I was playing forward in that, uh, for that team in Durham. And uh, I walked in, I scored a goal, and I threw a forearm shiver at a kid I grew up with that I couldn't stand. I got kicked out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> you kicked out, I'm shocked. <laughs> So, uh, so uh, tell me now, who were some of the guys you played with in that first year? What was it like back then? Oh, man, uh, I have a vivid memory of So one of my closest buddies was uh, Josh Grenham. And uh, <laughs> cool story with Josh. So I, I never, we have, like, I, I'm not even joking, maybe 100 mutual friends. He's a North, uh, North Suburban uh, Lake Zurich guy or Barrington uh so we're not really close. I'm in the southwest tip of the city, and he was up in the north suburbs. But we have a, a lot of close friends. So first day, I get into Toledo, and I'm like, this is straight from New York. And I'm the type of guy, if I don't work out for a week, I can't, like, it takes me a month to catch catch back up to where I was. Mm-hmm. So I show up, and I hadn't worked out in two weeks. And it was just... I drove in, and I was living with a, uh, Coach Omi's uh, parents, and uh, I really wasn't working out. I was, they were, my rights were limbo, so I was way out of shape. So we go in, and if they did something, the team did something, and they bag skate us. And I'm literally, I'm, I'm crawling, and I don't even have, like, I wasn't even issued a jersey yet. I had my, still my Bismarck jersey on, 
and I'm uh, and I'm crawling in a red Bismarck jersey and Grenham and Josh and uh, still one of my closest friends to this day is standing over me going you can do this you can do this <laughs> like, I'm like stop talking to me I'm tired <laughs> and I, after after that whole skit, he, he still tell, he can tell you the story like he still talks about every every little aspect of that story and he's like I've never seen a man so so far out of shape as you were when you show up <laughs> like, wow yeah, it awful it was so awful but that, that was the first time when I got in there and like I played with Grenham Crowlack that year with Adam Fish was my D partner um we had uh we had a good team that year uh, Larry Bryan oh yeah got uh, uh Jeffy Jackson, Dane Ben, uh, Kyle Haberlin. We have a, a pretty rock solid team. Jonesy, Luke yep. Jones. Oh yeah, that's a character. Oh yeah, um, yes he was. I've never seen a guy that that could talk like him. I mean, you know, I figure most most of, most of the guys back then uh, were were pretty chatty. Man, they could they they were very. Uh, they were they were they were pretty good. They let's put it this way: the the modern term would be they were pretty good on the mic. Uh, those guys, Jonesy was one. Uh, you know, all those guys were though. But I mean, they could really they could really uh, yap it up. But uh, now of of all those guys, if you can remember, who would you say was probably like the best uh, at being a, a wiseacre? You know, being crack it, make busting everyone's chops and stuff. I'd have to give that to Grenham. He's so witty with the stuff he says. And, it, and like, it, even now when he says stuff, I'll be like, and, and, and it's not that I'm like the slow behind him. It was just, he says it, and then you're like, hey, man, that was not nice that you said that. Through. You catch it, and he's, he's just so, like, he's super witty with that stuff, and he's awesome about it. Like, even, like, I had a conversation with him, like, not even a week ago, and it was just still the same thing, and it's, he's awesome. Wow. Now, who were the who were the guys that were like the uh, the the crap disturbers? You know that like to you know rouse things up and and uh, and and of course then uh, that you would have to go and step in there and uh, make sure uh, that you 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 know kept, you protected them. Oh man, <laughs> Jeff Jepsen was the worst at antagonizing people, and I he's so little. He would do it, and I'd be like, okay, I got another fight because of Jeffy. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> but he was hilarious, too. He was a wisecrack. He, he was awesome at it. But he, somebody, I got a lot of scraps. Jeffy would stick somebody behind the play or something, and I'd like, Come on, man. I, I don't like doing it. I like sticking up with my teammates. But some of the stuff, I'm like, really? Really? And I'm not a, I, 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 you know, he'd do it the guys that he had, like he knew where he played, like Stasny that he played against, and he knew he would stick that guy. And I'm like, I can't fight the star on another team. <laughs> That's funny, you yeah, because yeah, both both Stasny's played there uh, out of St. Louis. Uh, everyone knows Paul, but Jan was the other one too that uh, played out of Saint, played for St. Louis and was he was a stud back then in juniors. Man, but so now you know when you when you guys played back then, uh, did you uh, have to and when you when you first got to Toledo, did you have to endure any of the other uh, rookie uh, 
endearments, uh, things uh, to welcome you to Toledo, uh, whether it be a haircut or uh, any of the other stuff? Oh, yeah, I, I got the haircut. I did shave my head down. I had two big, long strings of, strands of hair coming down the, to my forehead. And, and only started me, like, three different games in a row when I had this ridiculous haircut of just, you know, they shaved all my hair except for the two big, long strands in the front of my head. It was awful. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> and we kept saying, I'm just marching until my hair's gone. Make it fun. I gotta take off my helmet for national anthem. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> it was god. awful. Oh it was my fun, though, but it's... <laughs> god, that's funny. So now, if you, I mean, so did you have to do anything else? Like, I mean, obviously the pop, the popular things that happened were always things like on the road, the leaners, uh, the every now and then if you had to either uh, sing for the for the team or anything like that. Uh, what were some of the craziest things you had to do? I ne- so I, I never really got that crowd. I mean, I don't know if it was because I was a tough guy or what. I got the haircut, and I didn't fight it. I didn't want to fight it. And when I got there, I'm like, I'm really like, I'm like, I already got, you know, hazed in Bismarck. I want, why am I going get, to get done here? What, what do I got to do here? But I never liked the, the shoe checks or the, the leaning bottles on the, on the hotel rooms. And I never really had that in my room. And, and I, I mean, my second year I did it to a couple of guys, but I never really got into that. It was, I mean, the haircut was enough for me. And after that, I guess, I mean, I don't think any of them wanted to. <laughs> to test me. But I know, I, like, I fought Bass or one of my good buddies a bunch of times. You know, we, so I don't think any of them wanted to stop the gloves in practice. And me, me and Bass, and me and Gretham, too, used to fight almost every practice. <laughs> wow. Now, what was it? Man, I forgot about Bass. He played with you. That's right. He was from uh, Kentucky, just out, uh, just over into Kentucky, right outside Cincinnati. And, uh, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, that guy! I mean, he was always—he was a, a, another guy that, you know, everyone looked at him, and he was like kind of short and compact. But that guy could play, you know. Oh yeah, I love that guy. That's the pride of Verlanger, Kentucky, right there. I love that guy. Oompa <laughs> <laughs> Loompa, we used to call him. Oompa, <laughs> short little stocky guy. Yep. He really, just yoke, he was stacked, he six pack, and just jacked, and he. I mean, he couldn't stand more than five foot four at max. Yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say on skates maybe, but uh, depend. That's yeah. But the thing was about Bassman, he didn't back away from anybody. He would go in there, and if you messed with him, he'd mess. He'd mess right back with you, and you, you knew where you stood with him. So that's. I mean, I. I really. He was one of the first guys that I really tried to get to know with at when I uh, when I first started. You know, because I started a couple of seasons prior, and I'd always see everybody at the rink. But then, uh, you know, I was like, I didn't really deal, talk to anybody. You know, because I didn't. I only did the home games back then. But then, when uh, Bass came around, we that was when we started doing home and road uh, and broadcasting live. And uh, uh, so I started, you know, trying to you know talk to some of these guys so that I could get them to do interviews and stuff. And and Bass was just a—he was just a cool dude, man. I was—I still—I still think the world of him. So, but uh, now, now tell me about your relationship with uh, Jonesy, Luke Jones, who, like I said, that guy 
back then. I don't know about now, but back then, that guy, I always liked him. I always thought he was a great kid, but the the boy could talk to a post, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I love Ruth Jones. I really haven't spoken. Facebook every once in a while will we'll speak. I haven't really spoke to him in a while. I, I mean, I feel bad. He was part of like our clique. We used to hang out with him all the time. You know how teams have real cliques and oh, know, yeah. Jonesy was part of that. We used to hang out nonstop, and you know he he was hilarious at parties, like talking to girls, talking. He, like you said, he could talk to anybody. He doesn't stop. It just going to say you you've got him you're going to be on this now so hopefully he'll hear this and uh, get a hold of you i tried getting a hold of him to do one of these and i'm still waiting to hear back from him but uh i uh like i said that's uh that was always he's always, he's a character i think he's in indiana now he, i think yeah, he, yeah he's for sure in indiana yeah yeah <laughs> yep he's doing all right and that's a good thing so now let's talk about you you uh, of course now are uh, you you started your first year. You came back again in the second year. Uh, did you see your role change at all when you played the second the second yeah, year? Well, it was kind of odd. My, so when I came back the second year, I, I was really in the funk. I had that sophomore year blues. I, I went up to Durham, and uh, me and Josh Grenham actually went up to Durham together. Um, <laughs> it was really weird because I was the one that they signed like to go up there, and then he's the one that actually – really signed the contract, you know, and he played up there. He played his whole season up there. And uh, I I left there about three games, four games in the season. And uh, it just, I didn't have a good, didn't have a good showing. It was all me. I couldn't figure it out when I was playing up there and Josh was tearing it up. And uh, I'm not a lot of cool guys. But I came down, I came back down and I was still in that funk. I really didn't get, I didn't find my stride that second year until maybe nationals. And that's when we took, we were runner up in nationals that year, I. I, I was really like, I don't know. I me, I, I, I played with Nate Arthur. This was my D partner. Um, only Pat tried me like two or three times at forward because they, they put me up at forward in Durham and uh, wanted to see what I could do. And that, that didn't work out well because, you know, I'm just, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm able to do it, but I wasn't able to do it at, at where, where he was a, where, where he wanted me at. So uh, it was a rough, it was really a rough second year. Playing-wise, I had a ball still like, with all the boys, I was my roommate was Ryan Potts. He was still one of the best guys in the world. Oh um, yeah! So I had, a, I had a ball with him. I had Scotty Gardner, who my coach against him now with our with our boys. They're both those sixers. Wow! And, uh, so it, it's uh, it was just a, it was a weird uh, the second year. I mean, it, we we had more success as as a, as a team. I just wasn't I wasn't that impact player that I felt that I was that first year. You know, and maybe there was more talent on the roster, and I fell down. But we we went all the way to nationals. We were runners up, I believe, and you know we lost. We only lost to Ventura that year in, in nationals, and I, I believe Ventura ended up winning it all. Hmm. You know, but yeah, it was a, it, it was a weird it was a weird second year for me for sure. But I mean, you know, I loved it. the boys were awesome. Guthrie and everybody that was there was awesome, and I uh, I still talk to Paulie too about coaching Paul Guthrie and I. 
you know, it, it was a great group of guys. It just my role kind of stepped back, and I did, you know, looking back at it, I, I don't know if I was prepared. I think that Durham getting knocked down from Durham, Durham, and they were all over me. You know, they were all over me from the end of the previous year. Um, Jimmy Peachy, the head coach, was about going up there, mm-hmm. and then I ended up going up. I ended up going up there, and I just flopped. And I, I, I don't think I ever that year ever recovered. Like I don't think I ever recovered from that going up there. But I had a ball. I had a blast with all the boys. I think I was a healthy scratch three times because of uh, extracurriculars. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still had a ball. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, can you talk about the extracurriculars or no? That's funny mentioning some of those names, but yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to picture Dane Ben, but then the more I think about it, yeah, yeah, that, that, that sounds like that sounds like Benner. Um, but but um, you know the he and speaking of crap disturbers, oh man, I mean Jeppy was one, but yeah, Dane Dane took it to an art form, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because he used to, yeah, he used to like stick people here and there and kind of you know chirp and. Oh gosh, that was that was a riot back then. But those were those were fun years, though, if I remember correctly. Those were, and uh, I was th- I was thinking too. Uh, you used to, um, you know, the fu- the the dumbest memory I have of you, believe it or not, and it's like a, it's not like a funny story or a great, you know, this or that. No, it's the stupidest, piddly little thing that I can remember. But it's a true story. I remember you always uh, complaining about uh, uh, not not being on time for stuff and things like that and whatnot, and I gave you uh, a year planner book, calendar book, and you said, you told me that you, like your whole life is in that thing now. We were on a bus going somewhere, and you were telling me about that. And don't ask me why. I don't know why that story, I remember it, but I do. And it's just, it was just one of those dopey little things, you know, it was uh, a quirky little thing that you just were so glad that you got the, uh, the day planner because you write everything, you wrote everything down in it and it, it, it allowed you to not get in so much trouble. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I, 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 actually that day planner, you, you, you cause like, <laughs> I buy like, 
overseas. Like, I'm looking at one right now. I'm sitting uh, in my bedroom, looking at my family's out in the living room. But looking at, I'm looking at self journal, a day planner. You started this on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got two leather bound things of, uh, from when I coached um, for the last two years, sitting on my thing. I have an old blue journal from when I coached 12U last that I'm. Uh, I'm looking through now because I just took over a 12U team. So oh, gosh. You created that. That's all you, Mick. You, you, got, you got me on that road, and it's awesome. Like, uh, I literally, I, I go back through stuff, and I read it now, and it's great. You started with the calendar for me trying to keep myself. Now I'm in, always on time. And I, like, I, I put, my wife hates it. She went, she's, I, I try to use my phone as much as possible for the cal- calendar. Yeah. I have journals for other stuff. She, she's like, you don't need all these books and I have all this stuff all over. I'm like, I love it. And it's all your fault now. I'm <laughs> you for all the clutter, on, the clutter on my dresser. So Kate's really good. Mary Kate's going to just hate my guts now forever. <laughs> <laughs> she, probably, she, she probably won't. She, she, she's the nicest woman ever, ever to have to deal with me. Well, okay, you have you make a good point, but no, but hey, I, I no, you know what the one thing I always remember, and I, I'm saying this to your face, even though we're doing this on the phone, but you were always, I, I, everyone always talked about how tough you were and how gruff you were, but you were always like the the nicest guy. You were never, you were never a uh, 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 a real problem. You know what I mean? I mean some. I mean some people they got in trouble with the law or something. You didn't do all that stuff. I mean, I know you. You guys had fun because you guys were guys. You, you know, you're at that age and you're you're you know got a little bit of independence and so you try to flex it. And I get that, but I mean, you were not one of those guys where it's like we had to worry about. Oh boy, uh, do we have to go bail them out? You know, or something like that. You know, it was just the, the your reputation was a lot uh, rougher than your actual the actual person that you've always been. And so I just, you know, I remember, you know, like I said, just, I remember you being just a kid and you always had that self-depreciating sense of humor. You would make jokes at your own expense and stuff. But the fact remained was I never thought you a bad guy. I mean, there were, there were times where I wanted to strangle the neck of some other guys, but uh, you were, you were always a, a real approachable and just a, and a, of course, being a Chicago kid, I knew you could talk, uh, but uh, that was always the fun. You know, that was it was just always fun watching you play because it was never a dull moment, wh- whether it was a fight or whether it was just being aggressive, you know, and uh, the pushing and shoving and chirping after the after the whistle and things like that. Now, uh, let's. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to jump. I'm going to skip a little bit here because we talked about the you mentioned the fact that you coach now. Uh, How much of what you remember doing as a player do you incorporate into what you coach and how you coach? If any. Everything. Everything. Um, So I honestly didn't want to be a coach. I was one of those weird guys uh, that I was approached randomly by a great guy, John Harkins. This guy, I, I was talking to the head high school coach of the, the, the guy I played with that's coaching St. Rita, who's that's kind of a powerhouse down there, and that's where I graduated from. Mm-hmm. And this guy, walked, this guy walked away from me, um, Brian Coleman's his name. And the case, I was coaching my son, and at this time I'm, I don't know, I, I just turned 
31, 32, and uh, and I know I still thought I could play. Like I literally still thought like if they joke around about hockey guys, and I'm like, I still think I could play. I don't want a coach, you know. And I and uh, so, anyways, I I got into it. This guy talked me into it because he figured out who I was or that I played and tracked me down and whatever he had to do to figure out. And I started coaching, but every since since the day I took that coaching role. Everything that I was weak at, my, you know, whether it was my footwork or, you know, the, the, all the stuff that, like, the edge work, that, that's all I focus on now. And I, I'm, you could talk, like, and I, I talk to other guys that I played with now, right? like Andy Reynolds and I'm more coaches. And they the same thing, and Andy with the Coley, but Danny Mays is a coach as well at Trine. And same thing, we all focus on that. That were the, the, the stuff that we didn't do very proper, it's what we put in our players with everything. That's, that's what I do. That's what I focus on. Like, the stuff that I was weak at. And that's, that's like, that's why. Well, it, it, it's a weird thing, you know. It, you, at the time, you know, like, now I know why I was cut. But at the time, I was bitter that guys were cutting me or sending me to want to trade me different places. So then, I, I mean, I, it, it's everything. Everything that I had to do with playing now is, is directly – correlates with the way I coach. You know, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. Now, do do your kids ever ask you about what you were like when you were a player? Oh. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, I used to sign those those autographs and those those books that you guys made and that other team. Oh, the program. Yeah, the program. Yeah, want to go... I was always signed at one of our 23 or 16, whatever number I was wearing on whatever team. And they asked me, what does that mean? I'm like, God, it's about fighting. <laughs> and uh, they, actually, they actually got to see me go not too long ago. Uh, I, uh, I was, uh, the program was coming off the ground. I was hired as an assistant coach for an ACHA Division II team in uh, Chicago. And uh, we, we, had, we had our skates and then when we got the team together, there was only like 15 or 18 skaters. So I talked to the head coach. I'm like, I'm going to put full gear on so my kids are in the stands, my wife's in the stands. And uh, one of the kids asked me if I wanted to go. And 21 year old kid just got done playing junior. I'm like, really? Do you really want to fight me? I, I wanted to go. I really wanted to see if I still could throw. So they, they, they got to see it. I, I get. I, I got to tune up a kid named Danny Spano, who's actually uh, one of my coaches now for uh, the, the coaching company we have. Uh, it, was, it was really, really, really fun. And uh, I mean, uh, tell them that, or tell them that I'm a fighter. They see it now. But now they're getting more better and more experienced. They see where I'm where I'm lacking when I'm teaching them. Wow, that is a, that is something. Now let's talk about after you left Toledo. Where did you go? Mike Mankowski. Yep, Manko. Mike Mankowski. Yeah, so I got a random call from him about that storm team that they had. Um, not the coast team, the, the Central League Hockey League team. Yeah, the CEHL, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, they, he called me up 
and said, hey, you know, you want to come out here and skate with us? So I, I, I went out and I skated, and um, I, I actually re-ran into a guy, Josh Faye, that actually played with me in Durham. Mm-hmm. And uh, so went down there and skated. I went to their first, like, inaugural skate, and, um, and then it turned into something weird where um, me, Josh, uh, a guy, Ketchatori from the Flint Channels, um, there's a couple other guys, I, I don't remember their name, Zeman, and the GM from the Coast team came in and invited us to, like, and this was all set up by the Millers and the Bins, the phenomenal people, and uh, the GM from the Coast team, I don't remember his name, and he said, why don't you guys come out and try to make our real team? Uh, we, I joked around about it for a little bit, and I actually, we went, and uh, Josh Fay actually, I think he skated a couple games there, for Toledo, then he went down to the UHL, and after that, I, uh, you know, I, I ended up going to play for Robert Morris University for their um, their top team, their ACHA D1 team, and uh, I played there for a year. Then I just wasn't well. I, I wasn't suited to play college hockey. I should say I, I like to fight too much. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, not you. Know, I, I mean, I, I still I, I enjoyed like like all my years. I enjoyed every bit, every part of that year. Every part of everything, I actually got to play baseball for that. I, I, they asked me to try out for their baseball team, and I, I played on their second team or ever it was. And I, I, it was a great one year of college, and I, I could have stayed. I, I, I mean, I got in a lot of fights. I got suspended at the end of the last year or at the end of the year. And, uh, and then my uh, my daughter was my my daughter was or my ex wife was pregnant with my daughter, and, uh, so I had to get a real job after that. Wow. So, and then, so you, but you settled in nicely in Chicago. And, uh, so did, uh, becoming a dad change you at all? It changed me a lot. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it it changed me. I I had to find something to, you know, to to do the support, to support my uh, daughter. So I, um, I, I started working for the railroad. I, there's a couple of different times where that I have no doubt that it was the Millers or somebody or Manko or something where a UHL team would call and say, hey, we need you to come play or can you come do this? My, my parents used to laugh at the balloons. I mean, there were even voice messages. This is, this is 2002. Where, I mean, you had to pay extra tax for a you know, call before 7, 7 p.m. So they're, they're calling the house phone, leaving messages on the, the voicemail saying, hey, can you come play here? Whether, you know, it was like, just random new teams and everything. And I know it was all due to the time that I went with the storm stuff. And, uh, and I had to, you know, suck it up and say, you know, I'm done. I worked for the railroad and I've been there for, um, 16 and a half years now. Wow. So I just, you know, but also the thing is, is that, um, uh, you know, just the idea that, uh, you know, you've always been very uber competitive, but you know, did, uh, did being having to think about you know uh, your your family uh, more 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 important you know more importantly now did that alter your your that competitiveness in you or does it did it does it still burn? Oh no! I, <laughs> ask any of my players; it still burns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am the worst loser in the world, but I don't think I, I don't know what could make me change that. It's awful. Yep. Well, hey, so it's a cross we almost bear, and you you bear it better than most. Uh, but uh, you know, 
and, oh, before we before we leave Toledo all together here, I got to ask you, what is the story behind uh, being be, the nickname being bestowed upon you, Dotus? Okay. So we all, I don't know. I don't know who hires us for because we are literally. I mean, we were responsible, I should say. <laughs> but it was. We used to play hide and seek in this warehouse and all this stuff. So, like, it, that was our job in Toledo. Was we worked at a, the warehouse at appliance center at, um, at Turk. The um, the previous the guy that played the previous year with Brad, he got us the job okay. at uh, appliance center. So anyway, we're working at Appliance Center, and uh, they used to call you, like, to say, hey, you got to pick this and bring them, whether it was a freezer, a TV, a camcorder, or whatever. And I was playing hide-and-seek. I I think it was me and Bassarab were in this big warehouse. And uh, the boss kept saying, Dotus, Dotus. He thought my last name was Dotus. (laughs) So he's, he's calling me Dotus this whole time. And I don't know if Prolax um, got a different story for him, but this is the true story. He's calling me Dotus. And, and I, every time I go to, to, to correct him, Brennan's kicking me. <laughs> like, let, let, let it go. So from, that, from that day in Appliance Center, I got stuck with the name Dotus for <laughs> the last 18 years because the guys thought my last name was Dotus, not Darwin. Now, see, that is a good story. That is a really good story. Oh, my gosh. That is too funny. Now, talk about the relationship you had with your coaches, with Witt and Luddy and, and, and Omi and, you know, even Scott, you know, if, what the time you had with him. Well, I, I really never had time with Scott. I just, he, he recruited me, and then Omi took over by the time I got there. He started, he was there two years, like, he was there for a long time before, like, he was recruiting me. Then he had his twins or triplets or whatever he had. Triplets, um, yep. Yeah, he handed it off to, uh, to Omi, and from day one, like, me and Witten, like, clicked right away, like, right now, like, right now, like, I I could send Witten a Facebook message and we could talk back and forth, and Mike was awesome, he still is awesome, I still, like, it, it was amazing, and then, uh, then Luddy, man, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, so when Luddy had his son, we used to, Every party we had, we take shots at his son's name. It was weird. That's how close we were with Luddy. He was awesome. Ludwig was the best. And I can't remember his son right now, and it's killing me, that I can't remember his first kid. And we used to take shots to it, say to him, whatever. And that's, like, he had his kid, and he wasn't distant, but he, he wasn't as present as he was when they went after the kid was born. And then Omi, Omi was, like, awesome. Like, he... He, he spoke to me a couple different times on Facebook about getting into coaching, like whether it was a random post, now go coach. Like he'd say that on like something I post or something. And 
you know, and I, I, I kind of took that and, you know, I was asked to coach and I'm, he, he was kind of, he threw a little, a little, a little fuel on the fire to get me going and, you know, and I'm thankful for that and everything, Obi was awesome for me, he was great, like, I, I don't have a bad thing to say about any of the coaching staff that I had or I, even Chuck or, you know, Doc McCarthy or you, that was awesome, everything was awesome with you guys, you guys treated me like a king there. That is funny. Uh, you know, it's – and it's uh, – you know, I remember some of the – I mean, some of the things back then. I mean, of course, fighting was more accepted back then. So, you know, it isn't like now where oh, – it's like, you know, if you think about dropping the gloves, it's like, no. You know, and I just – I'm like, oh, stop it already. You know, but now, how, how do you view the game, you know, back then, the way the game was when you played – versus the way the players are now, now that you're a coach, what changes have you seen in the game itself? Man, uh, first of all, I think fighting should be in hockey. I'll, I'll, I'll say that right away, but I don't think that, I think it kind of got out of hand when you had guys like Tony Twist that really couldn't play a regular shift and fight. I kind of like took pride in that I could play a regular shift, I could play the game still, but I, I could still drop the gloves and go. You know, when they when they started making professional fighters on ice, that mm-hmm. kind of takes away from the sport. I mean, guys like Domi and Proby that can play the game, or Stu Grimson, and they can patrol the game and still play. You know, and maybe a, a regular, you could play a regular shift, but you know, maybe play you know a fourth line role or a third line role. That's where the fighting should be. It shouldn't be these guys that are just oversized blasting away giving each other concussions and um, I honestly and I, I say it all the time I don't think I can play the game now how my boys play it so wide open we were so it was clutch and grab and I remember like having tears on my jerseys and stuff to get from guys grabbing us and it, it, it was it, I enjoyed the game as a clutch and grab game and the, the wide open hockey it, it really is entertaining but I'm still that old school guy that I like the grit the, the, the you know or you, you can grab a guy in front of a net and move him. And you can't, it, but, you know, it, it is entertaining to watch these guys wheel up and down the ice with all the speed and not have to worry about, you know, having a concussion for, you know, a month, month and a half and be out with, with them being protected as they are now. Yeah, that's true. I, I can understand that. Well, uh, Pete, uh, let me ask you. First of all, do you have any questions for me? You know, yeah, about any anything that you may have wondered about or thought about. No, I mean, the, do, you, do you remember any of the cool, like, the, any cool, like, on-ice stuff I did? Because I, Crowlet constantly peppers me with stuff that I'm like, I don't remember that, Brad. I'm like, it was so long ago. How do you remember this stuff? Nike Brad, like, I, I'm a local engineer, and Brad rides my line, so he, he's constantly up with me riding, and as I run the train, and we're, we're talking about all my I just, do you remember any cool stories on ice stories that I did or no? Well, most most of the stuff honestly was you being uh, you being your your role. You know, I just remember that. And I, you, the thing I always remembered about you was you were the guy that um, even I mean, think about it. We had guys like uh, Habby, Kyle Haberlin, who he was a baby bull. Um, I remember his first year. We were I think we were in Peoria. And we had a brawl. You remember this? Oh yeah, I remember. I got 
I want to hear your your version of this, but I just remember Habby being on the ice and he fought. I think he was fighting two guys at the same time and was beating them both up. <laughs> yeah, that was a so that was oh man. That, so we were playing we were playing Peoria and uh, I might have had too much to drink the night before and been hungover. And uh, we were awful. Like that was like we were like the number one team, or we were tied for one at that at that point. And we needed that win, or was, uh, we were playing awful. We were playing awful, awful. So I, I kind of coerced uh, Witten, I think it was. I'm like, hey man, I don't like this guy. And the guy's last name's Montez. I I grew up playing against him, and I still don't like him to this day. I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. There's just something about him that. On the ice, we just couldn't get along, even when we were playing youth hockey and playing high school hockey. Um, so he put me, he lined me up at center. Witten must have convinced Omi to put me at center, right against this Montez guy. And he's like, I'm not, and right away the guy looks up at me and says, I'm not going, darling. I said, yeah, you are. <laughs> if I'm starting the period at center, he knows something's up. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped the gloves. I forced this guy to drop the gloves. And Bassarab, I believe, jumps in, drops the gloves with another guy. Me, Bass, and this guy who else got kicked out of the game. And then another brawl ensued with Habby and um, was he, it was Ian Solano, I believe. Oh, yeah. And uh, another guy that I still talk I, I, I talked to up until about a year ago that I loved to death, one of my favorite people ever. And I haven't spoke to him. I have to re- reach out to him again. He was a coach for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think Ian got in a fight, grabbed somebody as well. <laughs> as it was going on, I'm up in the stands with my parents because my parents drove the two hours from Chicago to Peoria to watch me play. And uh, <laughs> one of the fans said something. My brother got all, like, all heard about it. My brother was, like, screaming at this guy, and the guy wanted to fight me. So then they... One of the Peoria staff walked me back to the locker room. <laughs> trying, to, trying to fight. <laughs> that was awful. There's like a 40-year-old guy trying to fight me. I, I mean, I, maybe I was 20 at that time. Yeah, I think I was 20. <laughs> there was like a 40-year-old guy trying to fight me over. And it shouldn't have been sort of a beer at that place either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that, that's the story I remember from that Peoria game. That, was, that game was one of my funnest games ever, though. Yeah. I, I got to get that Montez guy, and then... It was just brawl after brawl after brawl. Oh yeah, yep. I remember because I was sitting, I was up in the, I was up on the steps in the corner of the rink, and they used to have that uh, lit up uh, little, uh, uh, little horse. It was like a, it, it looked like a uh, one of those horses you'd see at like at like Myers or something. You pick, you stick a penny in it, and it and it rocks back and forth. You put your little kid on it. And that's what it looked like. And it would they would they would light it up like they strung some lights on it, and it would light up whenever Peoria scored. And all I remember was, uh, uh, oh gosh, I remember some of the kids saying, you know, it's a stupid horsey. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, it's like for crying out loud, you know. And they would, you know, of course they said it a little more colorfully, but uh, I mean, it, we would we would laugh about that thing because it was it looked like one of those. Uh, those little spring horses, do you remember, like, when, for little little kids, real little kids, they'd jump on the little spring horse and they'd rock back and forth on it? 
and they had yeah, springs yeah, on the side. Yeah, that's what this thing was, except it didn't have the, the springs on it. But Peoria had it up there, and, I mean, it, it was funny to me. I just got the biggest kick out of that because, I mean, you know, it's it was a big thing for them. But to me, I'm thinking, okay, you could go to, you know, Toys R Us and get the same thing and take it home with you, you know. But uh, just just goofy crap like that that makes the world go round. But I re- I'm trying to remember. We actually got a kid from Peoria. I, I don't know if it was that year or was it the year after. Um, it might have been a couple years after. We, it was a kid named Shane Stallbomber. I remember that kid's name. He played for Peoria for a while, and then he uh, spent part of one season in Toledo. I guess he was having some issues there, and so he was just looking for a place to play. So we took him, and I don't even think he finished the season with us. But uh, uh, anyway, it was just one of those things about Peoria. And Peoria, they, they just they had Kevin Loon, who was their coach, and that guy was just playing flat out crazy. That guy, oh, yeah, yeah. dude, he 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 was nuts. I mean, well, you got to remember he, he when he played in in pro hockey, he was he was a a, a fighter. So you know, he was kind of that old school fighter type, and it didn't take. A, he would fight at the drop of the hat, and sometimes he dropped the hat himself. So you know, but. Uh, it was just he was kind of like that. It was like him and uh, Mike Flanagan in in Grand Rapids. Ooh, man, those boys, those boys, uh, they they came they came to play. They were pretty feisty, but uh, it was always they were always fun to hang out with afterwards. But man, during those games, I always thought we were going to have to call the cops seriously, and uh, it, they was they were just nuts. But um, I'm trying to think, did you ever? I, I rem- you used to have interesting if I now if I remember this I may be I may not be right here, but you used to kind of try to have uh, different celebrations uh, after when Toledo would score when you were on the ice. Is that true? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, I did. I did that. I went through that phase for a little bit. <laughs> kind of arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Every yeah, once we, in a while. Yeah, we we had we had different. We, and then we, I forgot the song that we used to play, and we used to all sing it on the bench, too. And, and uh, like was, Cherokee and people? Was, no, no, they, they had that. I forgot. It wasn't after any goal. It, it was the start of the third, usually. I forgot what it was. And, and uh, you have to ask Jeffy. Jeffy knows. And we'd sit and dance on the bench, and it was awful. <laughs> so, I mean, we were good. It felt awful. We were, we were dancing on the bench playing teams, and it was just... But it was, a, it was a good time. It was fun. Oh man! Well, I tell you what. You know what? I I have had more fun listening to you and stuff because, like I said, you've I've always thought you a great guy. Uh, what does uh, what is Pete Darlis looking like now? Working still? And uh, what's the family like? Uh, I know you've got your wife and uh, how many kids you got now? Oh man! Uh, I got a, a wife. Four kids, uh, well, three kids and one bonus kid. But, uh, but yeah, four kids total, and uh, three of them play hockey. And you know, I'm, I worked for the railroad sixteen and a half years. I'm the local chairman in the union for the uh, locomotive engineers, and uh, I, I coach. I just actually got hired for a new coaching job, and I also am one of the guys with uh, P to G practice the game training in Chicago here. What man? Do you do you like ever have any time to yourself at all? Or 
it's all consumed with hockey and work. Well, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let, let I tell all my buddies when they say that I'm gonna let this kill me for a while because it's, it's something I I really really enjoy doing. I, I really enjoy, I never thought I'd enjoy coaching so much, but I really enjoy it. So I'll let it have me for a while. Sleep five hour nights. You know, get eight when I can, and you know just. I enjoy being at the rink. I enjoy watching my boys play, and I I enjoy right now that I get to coach separate team and watch them play on their own teams, which is really really cool. I've I've always coached my son Jack since he's never had another coach besides me. So wow. it's really cool to watch him blossom on his own. You know, with under a new coach, it's phenomenal. That's awesome. Well, I tell you what, you know, Pete, I have uh, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there will probably leave a few notes or uh, message me and say stuff like, he should have told you about this or he should have told you about that. <laughs> so. Oh, there's, there's a lot of stories. Uh, like I said, Trollack reminds me of a, a lot of them. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, it sounds like me. It's true. I, I guess I mean, it sounds like me. It could be true. Well, you know, well, hey, you know, you were who you were back then. But you now the funny part is, though, is that, you know, I, and, and I noticed this. I mean, the kids today, they, they, they do their thing still, you know. But I think that the, the guys that from that era, from uh, before you and a little bit after you, I think some of their stuff is probably a little bit richer. I mean, it's it's funnier because uh, you got you got to remember times were different back then. Uh, the the culture was different back then. The way we looked at things was different back then. So it it kind of added to the humor and it made the things that you did that much funnier and crazier because you you were able to you know some things you weren't able to you know you could do back then that you can't do now and vice versa you know it's like the thought of some of those things you'd sit there and go oh no really you know and it's like yeah you know so we would laugh we can laugh about it now where i mean some of the stuff going on now you can't always do like you did back then so i think that's part of it and the fact that we the fact that we're a bunch of uh, old geezers who survived and live to tell the story so you know but uh i appreciate you coming on here and uh before I, we go do you have anything you want to say to cherokee nation they'll, they'll be tuning in no, keep up the good work and you know i i honestly gotta start keeping track more i i used to follow all the time and just kind of got caught up in my coaching but i will is keep the pride up we used to it was walking in as a cherokee i mean there's I, I can honestly, there's junior A teams that were scared of us when we walked in at any rink because it was, it was just, we had a weird arrogance about us that we were going to win any game, and we pretty much did when we were there. It was a lot different. Yep, yep, that's true. Uh, you know, and what's funny is, is you would think in Chicago, I mean, that was weird because you guys had an interesting, I mean, obviously different rinks, but you guys had uh, the junior B team, the Rush, you had the junior A team, the Freeze. Uh, you also had a USHL team there. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else you got. Plus, you guys had minor league hockey, minor league pro. You also had uh, uh, the uh, the Hawks. I mean, you had all these different levels of, of, of hockey available to you guys right there. But uh, it's... It just—I'm uh, just glad that we were able to get you out of Chicago and into a Cherokee uniform. 
because it was well worth it. But you were one of the more colorful characters we got to enjoy over the years. And, you know, it's funny. I, I'll, I'll, I'll come across some of the guys, some of the older guys, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come across them and they still remember you and they don't remember you by Pete Darlis. It's or 23. No, Dotus, <laughs> you know, they still, they still remember, you know, and it's not, you know, I mean, obviously the guys you're tight with is one thing, but I mean, people that, uh, that came to watch the games back then. They still they still remember you as Dotus, you know. It's I I've got players over the years the same thing. Their nickname is what they remember them as. They don't remember them by their actual real names, you know. And so I just uh, you know I always get a I always get a kick out of that. But uh, I tell you I really appreciate you taking the time to spend time with us, uh, kind of reminiscing a little bit. And uh, I'm sure by the way we're going to be putting together over the next season or two. We're going to put together an alumni weekend, and uh, I know it's going to be hard considering you coach, but I, I, I think uh, I think that having one of your assistants cover for you for a weekend wouldn't be so bad if you could come and uh, hang out. And the the thing is, we want all tells tall stay, uh, tall telltales and uh, have a few laughs and stuff. But I also want the current players right now to understand the importance of the pride of what it is to be a Cherokee and, 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 and just kind of see it from a, a player's point, someone who's been there and stuff. And I'd love to see something like that where some of the guys from the past come in and, and talk to these guys and let them know what it, what it meant to you guys so that they kind of grasp it a little bit. And I hope that we can uh, get you in here uh, just to come hang out with us and have a few laughs and if you want to lace them up and skate again for the fun of it, we can do an alumni game. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little slow now. <laughs> but I'm all for it. I'll come, to, I'll come out for a weekend. Give, give me a month's notice, and I'll be able I'll get my assistant to cover for me. That's awesome. Well, count on it, my friend. Just count on it. So, anyway, Pete, I appreciate you doing this, buddy. Uh, I wish you all the best uh, for you and your family, and uh, appreciate you. And I'm sure we will talk again soon because this has been a blast. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Mick. Hey, thank you so much. Well, we got episode 19 in the books here. Make sure you uh, give us a like. You can give us a follow. You follow the links over there on Podbean, and uh, you can put uh, you can uh, sign up or follow so that. Whenever a new one, a new episode drops, you will get notified. You can get the notifications there. So you just go ahead and do that. Or so you can find them on your favorite, uh, your favorite podcast site. Whether, like I say, iHeart, uh, Stitcher, Deether, Podbean, uh, I think Spotify. I mean, they all carry that. So be sure to check us out, man. We always appreciate you when you let us know what you think. And uh, if you know other players that you remember from back in the day, ha uh, have them get a hold of me or uh, leave a message for me so that we can put them in the mix. Because how I do this is very simple. I put a, uh, I take a bunch of names of names that I remember and uh, put them in a hat in a, in a file. And I use a software called Draw from a Hat, and it spits out a name for me at random, no matter the era, no matter when. It just it just spits a random name out. And then I try to get that person to do the podcast with me. So that's how I do this. So we always enjoy having fun, 
getting these guys involved back in remembering, not only remembering, but also the fact that uh, it allows them to, uh, you know, let people remember and know who these guys are, that they were more than just some name on a piece of paper that you saw years ago, that these guys actually had careers here and absolutely had fun here. And, uh, you know, it, it meant something to them because it does. And it, it meant a lot to us in this organ with uh, the people in the organization. It meant a lot to them as well, having these guys here. So, you know, that's what it's all about in the end is the relationships that you make with all these guys and that they make with you and the, when they go on to become uh, good family men or good hard-working guys and all that. It just it all ties together. Hockey's a tie that binds. So anyway, uh, I'm done being a, a blowhard here, so I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us, and we'll talk to you again soon. For Pete Darlis, I am Mick, and we will talk to you again next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.